Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. I'm going to open up with a story. This happened about six weeks ago. Happened with my grandson, uh, who's seven. And uh, his daddy told me this story. Uh, he lost his two front teeth. He lost them a little bit uh, late, you know. And so his daddy said, hey, put them on your dresser tonight. The tooth fairy will come, give you some money, and so on and so forth. So that all happened. And then my son was telling me the story behind it. And he was telling me... Uh, what my grandson did with the money. So I, I already, I heard that and I knew it. So my grandson's over our house. We're playing video games, him and I, and he's whooping me bad. And um, so I just asked him a question. I said, hey, I heard you lost your two front teeth and the tooth fairy gave you some money. He goes, Poppy, because I've stopped believing in the tooth fairy a long time ago. He says, besides, I saw my dad walk in my room. He said, I was... He thought I was sleeping, but I pretended. I saw him. I saw him take the teeth and leave the money. He goes, Poppy, my dad's the tooth fairy. And he just started giggling and laughing. So I said, well, that's cool, Joey. I said, uh, I said, what did you do with that money? I said, did you buy something cool? And I already knew what he did. And he said, Poppy. He said, I gave it to the poor. And uh, he has this little bank that we have out here, and he put it, uh, the whole $2 in. I said, the whole thing? He said, yeah, Poppy. I said, you didn't use any on yourself? He said, well, Poppy, he says, I have everything I need. And he says, there are people out there that don't have enough food. So he says, I wanted to give it to the people that have enough food. So talk about a smile coming in my face. And when they went home, I told Gina, because she was playing with Riley in the other room, I, I told her the story. I said, honey, listen to what this little kid said. And we just smiled because uh, obviously we were happy with where his heart and his perspective was. And I want to welcome you to pleasing God, living a life that makes God smile. And today we're going to talk about another thing that makes God smile. We're going to talk about you being generous and how it will make God smile. And this is a message when, in my opinion, when you live in the Mahoning County or Valley, this is a message that's really, really important for us because uh, we live in a place that's financially challenged and it's really important to learn that God can place his hands upon our finances. That's really important for you and I to know. But I think it's equally important to understand what I'm referring to and what the Bible's referring to when it talks about you and I being generous. So first of all, uh, we're talking about generosity towards God. And that's, that's in many different ways. You can be generous to God by giving to your local church. You can be generous to God by giving to missions and ministries because they're all doing the work of God. And then you can be generous to God by giving to the poor. And that's amazing to me. But from cover to cover in the Bible, the Bible talks about you and I helping the poor. And it talks about how God takes it really personal. It's really a big deal to God when we help the poor. And so uh, that's what I'm referring to when I talk about generosity. Generosity to your local church, to missions, to ministries, to the poor. But here's something else about generosity I want to make sure you understand. It has nothing to do with the amount. And that's really important. I like to say it this way. Generosity is about the percentage, not the amount. And that's important because you might be sitting here thinking it's all about how many zeros. It has nothing to do with zeros. It has everything to do with percentages. And all of us 
uh, have different amounts that we can be generous with, but God's not looking at what you write on that check or he's not looking at the amount. And there's a cool story in the Bible. Jesus is in uh, the temple, uh, the church of his day. He's in the outer courts and he's watching people come and place offerings in the bucket. And you know what he, he, he thought? This is a great teaching moment because Pastor Joe's gonna be teaching in 2017 and he's, he's going to need a good story like this. So he made sure it was recorded for us, guys. I really believe that. So let me, let me show you the story. It's Luke 21, verse 1, and it declares, Just then Jesus looked up and saw the rich people dropping offerings in the collection plate. Then he saw a poor widow put in two pennies. And he thought, teaching moment. This is a great teaching moment. His disciples are watching with him. So then he goes on and says this, he says in verse 3, the plain truth is that this widow has given by far the largest offering today. Now their minds are blown. You and I, our minds aren't really blown because we heard this story before. At one time or another, we heard somebody talk about this story, so we've already assimilated it. But I want you to try to imagine being there and watching these wealthy people. And Jesus is not against these wealthy people, but they're dropping in some big coins. They're dropping in 500, 1,000, 5,000, 10,000. They're dropping in big coins. Then this little woman on a pension, she's a widow, she comes up and she throws two pennies in. And then Jesus says she gave the largest offering of the day. Now, from an accounting standpoint, Jesus is crazy. That's not true, guys. That is not true. They gave more money than she did, but God doesn't look at it from an accounting point of view. He looks at it from a percentage point of view, and that's important for you and I to understand. God's seen her resources and the fact that she gave from her resources, and she gave a bigger percentage from her resources than the wealthier people gave, and that's what he's looking at. And that's why he closes up in verse 4 like this. He says, all these others made offerings that they'll never miss. She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. And that's why I chose the Message Bible because uh, she probably had another penny stashed away to buy a loaf of bread or something like that. But percentage-wise, she gave really, really, really big. And that's why he said she gave the biggest offering. These guys were dropping money in. It's not going to change one thing they do. They're going to keep going on living. They don't have to worry about, you know, how they're going to live their life that week or anything like that. So Jesus, God, always look at percentages. So when we talk about generosity, I want to speak right now to those of you that are students. Just take a minute. I was a student. I went out of, out of state to go to Bible school, and I remember those days. Uh, students struggle. Students are poor, man. And, and, uh, but you know what? That's where I learned generosity. I learned to be generous as a student. It wasn't big amounts, but I just learned to be generous. I was in Bible school, and I learned, oh, generosity has nothing to do with the amount, so I don't have to wait till I'm not a student. I can begin to be generous now with what I have, and God looks at percentages. Then I want to just speak for a moment to everybody in here on a fixed income. And many of you talk to me, and I want to thank you for those conversations. And uh, sometimes some of you that are on fixed incomes would come up to me and say, Pastor Joe, I want to give, but I can't give a whole lot because I'm on a fixed income. And I always, I always say that it doesn't matter. The amount doesn't matter. But then some of you will tell me, wait, it, it's, you're headed this way. It's different. I, I remember when I had this huge income and then now I don't have it. And, and thanks for helping me. You're preparing me for those days. But I want to say to everybody on a fixed income, 
God's not looking at the amount. He's looking at the percentage. And it's the same for every one of us in between. For all of you raising children, we, we raised four children. We had four children in five and a half years. Not a good move. And, uh, and, and <clears throat> it's expensive. It's expensive. And, and then it, when you get to our age, Gina and I's age, um, she's so much younger than I am. But when, when you get to our ages, um, you have college, and then you have weddings, and you have all these other expenses that come up. So I, I want you to know God understands all that, all right? And he's just asking us to be generous within our abilities within the percentages, and it has nothing at all to do with amounts. So here's my point for today, all right? It's really simple, but I want to add to it and, and build on it, and it just goes like this. Generosity makes God smile, and it does. But you know why it makes God smile? Generosity makes God smile because it releases him to do some really cool things in your life, and um, uh, we're going to talk about those cool things, but let me prove to you uh, that it makes him smile. Philippians 4.18 says this, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gift you sent. So Epaphroditus is the pastor in Philippi, and Paul's writing this, and they, they gave an offering to Paul's ministry, so they're being generous towards God. It's a generous offering for where they're at, they're looking at percentages. And so Paul's thanking them. Epaphroditus was so excited about it, Pastor Epaphroditus, he wanted to bring it to him. And then he says this, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Now, think about it. Every time you and I are generous, today when we gave in the offering, it, it goes up to heaven as, as this beautiful smelling fragrance to God. So I can pick on Italians because I'm Italian, right? Um, for all of us Italians, if we walk into any house and we smell garlic frying in oil, we smile. And it, it's just like, it, that is a comfort smell that just brings this huge smile to our face. And we all know that it's true, right? Well, when you're generous, it's kind of like it is for an Italian smelling garlic frying in oil. That smell is so cool to God that it brings this big smile to his face. And he's like, oh, do I, is that what I smell? Whoa, and he just gets so excited. When you're generous, it's an incredible smell to him. And then look at, look at this. He says it's pleasing to God. When, when God's pleased, what do you do when you're pleased? You smile. God smiles. And what's the name of this series? Pleasing God, living a life that makes God smile. And so when we're generous, God smiles, and that's really cool. Now, here's why. Uh, there's three reasons God, God smiles when we're generous, and I want to be honest with you. I had six, and I thought, mm, if I teach six, I'll go an hour, and I'll hit the half-hour mark. Everybody will like me, and then I'll hit the 45-minute mark, and people are going to begin to say, I don't know if I like Pastor John. And then I hit the 55-minute mark. It's like, I don't like my pastor anymore, so I said, I better take it down to three. So these are the top three, okay? Top three reasons. Top three reasons, okay? So, so here's reason number one. God smiles because our heart is in the right place. And that really makes him smile. It's all about spiritual maturity. That's why Gene and I smiled when our grandson said he gave it to the poor. It was like, wow, that's pretty cool for seven. Uh, his heart's right, right in a great place. It took me years to get to that place, right, to want to help somebody else other than myself. And uh, so God smiles because he sees we're growing in our maturity. 
And remember, I, I began to grow in this when I was a poor student. And God can grow us wherever we're at in our generosity. Luke 12, 34 says this, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. This is an incredible section of Scripture. And it's all about where you and I place our money. And this is about giving to the poor, giving to the kingdom of God. And Jesus just says, man, when you give to the work of God, your heart's going to be connected. So I have people ask me this about this verse. I'm asked this very often. <clears throat> They'll say, it's like what came, comes first, the chicken or the egg. And they'll say, is, is it us giving that connects us with God's kingdom? Or are we first connected by surrendering to God and then we want to be generous? And I always tell them it's not mutually exclusive. It's, it, they're, they're, both, they're both going to do it for you. And so if you're surrendered to God, you'll want to be generous. But then when you're generous, it's going to cause you to be more excited and more connected to the things of God. And the two of them work in tandem. It's absolutely an amazing thing. So I, I have a recent story to share with you on this. A couple years ago, um, I invested in silver. So uh, and let me just go back a little further. I have this fund. I started it 20 years ago. It's not retirement, but I just put this little bit of money away every month. I just, I just put this little bit of money away. I've been doing it for 20 years, and so it's building up a little bit. And, uh, but it's just a small amount. But a couple years ago, I saw silver dropped really low. So I thought, I'm going to buy it, and then when it goes up, I'm going to sell it. I don't, I'm, I'm in no hurry to use this money. So I, I bought it, and uh, bought it low. And do you know that before I bought silver, I never ever cared what the price of silver was? I just heard a news person say, silver is lower than it's been in ages. And I thought, hmm, I should buy some silver. But I didn't care about silver till I heard that and I bought it. But now I own it, so now I have an, I have an app on my phone, and I add silver, and every day I look to see what the price of silver is. I have to, what is silver? When I'm watching the news, I'm watching the bottom thirds. And when metals come on, it's like, I don't care what gold, I don't want to hear about gold. I want to hear about silver. I don't care about any copper. I want, what is silver? And sometimes they don't put silver there and they put gold and it goes by and there's no silver and I'm upset. So then I get my app out and I check my app. So I didn't care about it till that moment. But then recently I decided to sell it because it went up, so I sold it. I'm doing all this on Charles Schwab online, and so I sell it. And do you know now I don't care about silver anymore? <laughs> I could care less what the price of silver is because I just put it in cash, and I still have it in cash right now, and I just really don't care. That's what God's saying about you and I when we're generous to his kingdom, where we put our treasure. It connects our heart. Here's, here's the second reason. God smiles because he can greatly bless your finances. This is really important. Um, Gene and I love to give gifts to our grandkids, and I'm probably the worst. I don't know why. I just, I love to watch them open their gifts. And so this Christmas, I changed the rules. I had a good idea. We normally do Christmas Eve together uh, with all of our kids, and then the grandkids open their presents. But we're always here till late. We get home about 8, 8.30. And so I said, what if we do Christmas Eve the night before Christmas Eve and we pretend it's Christmas Eve and then we can start at 5 and then we do our Italian linguine and clam and our fish salads and all that. And I said, then we can open gifts and it could be a, a, a short night. It doesn't have to be late. So everybody said, yeah. And I was just excited because the kids opened their gift one, one day early. And uh, so the grandkids are opening their gifts, 
And I am more excited than they are. I mean, I, hurry up, hurry up, open that gift. And open that one. you got to see that one. And, and when they open their gift, I'm smiling ear to ear. And I'm so excited. And literally, I'm telling you, I'm more excited than they are about the gifts. Now, I said that to say this. That's how God is with you. When, when you're generous, he smiles because he's, he's so excited that he now has an opportunity to bless you above your ability, and it brings a smile to his face. He gets excited about it. Listen to this scripture. This is a great scripture. Luke 6 and verse 38, Jesus said, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. That's pretty cool. Press down, shaken together to make more room for more. Running over, which means God gives you back more than you give, and pour it into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And whenever I teach a verse like this, and they're from cover to cover, they're Old Testament, they're new, they're everywhere. Whenever I teach a verse like this, I want to be very careful because here's my goal. I always say, Lord, this is such a fine line. And I always pray, Lord, help me stay on the right side of this fine line. I don't want to cross because I don't want to bring you to a place to where you give just to get. And I don't, I don't want to pull on that part of your natural man to where I'm causing you to give and manipulating you in the wrong way. I don't want to do that. But then I say, Lord, it's in here and I can't neglect it. People need to know it. And you are sharing it with us to motivate us somewhat to know that when we give, you're going to bless us and give back. As a matter of fact, in Proverbs, it says this, he that gives to the poor makes a loan to the Lord and the Lord will repay them. Isn't that amazing? And he always repays with interest. But think about this. God so loves the poor, and he so wants us to help the poor. He says, when you give something to help the poor, I see it as you making me alone, and I will repay you. That's how much God wants us to have a heart for the poor. And as a church, we have a heart for the poor, and I thank you for your generosity and how you help us reach out to the poor. So what is he saying here? He's saying, I want to bless you. And I know sometimes uh, when we give, God will bless us with an open door for a new job. He'll bless us with promotion. He'll bless us with a pay raise. Sometimes he'll bless us monetarily. But, you know, sometimes he just blesses us by placing his hand of favor on our life. And that's pretty cool, the, the favor of God being on our life. He does it in tons of ways. So recently, I had this thing happen to me, and it happens a lot, and, and it, it was amazing. Uh, I have this 2003 Jeep Wrangler. It's a rag top, you know. And uh, I had 15-inch rims, and the tires were bald. So I set it in my garage for a couple months and didn't drive it because I wanted to buy cash. I didn't want to go out and just put it on a credit card. So I'm saving money for new tires. But I thought, I want to upgrade the rims from 15 to 17. So that's going to cost more than just tires. So I'm setting all this money aside. I go to TireRack.com. I'm looking at the rims and the tires. I know what I need. And I come to a, a, a month where I said, I've got it. I can go buy it. So I decided to go to four-wheel drive in Columbiana because they specialize in Jeeps. And I thought, I'm going to go there and I want to look at them. I want to feel them. I want to touch them. So I go and two young guys work in the registers. They don't know I'm Pastor Joe. They don't have a clue who I am. And I uh, saw so the one guy's free. So he's showing me all the rims. And so I picked a rim and I picked a tire and I went a little nicer than I was looking at online. So he, he, he puts it all in there, and he prints it out, and it's, it's, it's higher than, than I was prepared for. So now, uh, it, this took 30 seconds, okay? I'm looking at it, and I'm having thoughts. Should I come back in two months, or should I charge it, not tell Gina? And <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. 
That, I want, that was a really strong temptation, I want you to know. And, and uh, so I'm thinking, but this other guy, his customer left, and he just, he just coming into this conversation, he just butts in. He looks at the guy over here, he says, did you give him such and such discount? And the guy over here says, that ended yesterday. And this guy says, no, it didn't. Didn't you see the memo? And he says, I didn't see any memo. So this guy rips the paper out of my hand and says, give me this. He adds it all back into his computer. He adds this 20% discount. He gives it back to me, and now I'm getting better rims and tires and I'm paying less than I had planned to pay for the other ones. And I smiled. I was happy. I walked out of there saying, God, I thank you that you're, I, Gene and I are generous, and I thank you that your hand of favor follows me everywhere I go, because God's wanting to do that in every single one of our lives as we're generous. Here's the third reason. God smiles because we're transferring wealth to heaven. And that make, God can't wait till you go to heaven and he can show you all your treasures up there. I mean, you're going to have treasures for serving and volunteering. You're going to have treasures uh, for your giving and being generous. Every time you give, it, it, the Bible says, Jesus himself said, you're laying treasures up in heaven. So the Apostle Paul's writing a letter to Timothy, who's the pastor at the church of Ephesus. And this is part of the Bible. He, he knows he's going to read it to the church. And so at the end, he says, let me address really, really, really wealthy people. And God knows that when you address somebody really wealthy, he knows that telling them if they give, God will bless them doesn't motivate them because they have everything they need. They're like, I don't need any more. I'm really blessed. And most of us in this room are saying, what? You can be in that place? Well, there are some people that are in that place. So uh, listen to what happens, 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 18. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. That's very sweet. Verse 18, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. So he says, hey, tell them not to trust in their money, which is easy to do. Trust in God. Tell them to be generous. And then he says this in verse 19. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. He's talking about heaven. He's connecting with everything Jesus taught about this subject. And what is he telling them? He's saying, hey, when you give down here, it's actually going ahead of you, and it's transferring into, changing into, transforming into treasure. I don't know, what, I don't know how it all works, but there's treasure in heaven. And when you're generous here, it's laid up there. And that's pretty, pretty cool. And God smiles because there's coming a day when you go up to heaven. Think about that widow, two pennies, and she's so poor down here. I, I bet you Jesus couldn't wait till she arrived in heaven and he showed her she had more treasure than most wealthy people have up in heaven because of the fact God looks at percentages, not amounts. And he's excited about blessing you for your generosity and you're laying up treasure in heaven. So I'm going to challenge you today uh, because God challenges us. God challenges us to grow in our generosity. And did you notice today? I want you to notice. Give me some creds. Did you notice how I received our offering before the lesson and not after the lesson? God doesn't like us to manipulate people, so I refuse to do that. This is all about you and God, and you growing before God on your own. But, but listen to this scripture. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 says, But just as you excel in everything, in your faith, 
in your speech, which would be sharing Christ, sharing the Word, in knowledge, understanding the Bible, in, com in complete earnestness, that's where their heart is, they're sincere, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. And I love the fact he calls generosity the grace of giving, because some translations just say generosity. I like that he calls it just the grace of giving. And here's why. This is something that has to come out of here. And that's why, you know, in the Bible, Peter's writing to pastors and, and Paul's writing to pastors. And you know what they say? They say, do not manipulate people. Do not get people to give out of their emotions. Don't you dare do that. Don't connect a big promise to their giving. Does God bless us when we're generous? Yeah. But don't say to people, if you give in this offering, God's going to wipe all your debt out. That's insanity. That's insanity. That's craziness. Don't you dare do that. You teach it straight. But you let me deal with people's hearts and you let me grow people. And it's this thing that comes out of the grace of God, his ability and God growing us. And you know what I've been praying? I pray this for myself too. God, grow us in your grace in every area and let us grow in this area of generosity. Remember what I said when I started out? Living in this valley, guys, we're more challenged than some other parts of this country, than most parts of this country. Uh, we're more challenged here for jobs and more challenged in the area of finances. And I just love the fact that we have that challenge because God's well able to break and beat that challenge. And, you know, we sang about no longer a, a, a slave to fear. So many people have fear in the area of finances. And I, I've noticed in my life when I'm generous, that releases me from fear because I realize, hey, God's smiling up in heaven. God sees I'm growing, and God's able now to bless me, and I'm laying treasure up in heaven. And whatever this world throws at me, God's on my side, and God's on your side, and it's absolutely amazing. So if you were to ask me, hey, how can I be more generous? I, I would talk about three areas, okay, uh, where you can, you can grow in your prosperity. One would be your local church, and just encourage you to be generous to your local church. Uh, your local church is where you're being fed, it's where you're being taken care of. It's where you go for counseling, you go for help, you come for services. It's, it's, it's who buries your loved ones. It's the local church. It's who marries uh, your loved ones. It's the local church. It's God's expression in a community. So, uh, man, God smiles when you're generous to your local church. I would encourage you to be more generous to the poor. And, you know, my grandson has this bank. This is the bank he puts his money in. It's called Change One. And it's right in our north lobby. We have a depot where you can pour these. You can pour these in the depot uh, when you fill them up. So um, you can be generous in that way. So I want to tell you what I do with when I break. You know when you go shopping and you break your dollars, um, you come home with change. I, I and I want to be honest. I don't want to be Ananias and Sapphira and drop dead and you guys have to carry me out because I told a fib about my giving. Right? I don't want to do that. That's in, that's in the Bible. So. Uh, <clears throat> When I break a dollar, here's what I do. I take the quarters and I put them in a container for my grandkids. So I don't put the quarters in here, but then I put dimes, nickels, and pennies, and I put them in here, and then I periodically bring it and I dump it in the depot out there, and that's one way Gina and I give to the poor. Then we also, we just give monthly to the poor. We, we, it's not a large amount, but we just pop in a, a consistent monthly amount because here at Believers, last year we gave $25,000 to the poor. And those are the poor here in the church. And so when you designate give to the poor, it enables us to give to the poor. Now, last year and the year before, we were under 210. We were under one fund. And the year before 210, 
uh, it was your gracious giving that allowed us to give. So those of you that used to give to the poor and you stopped because of 210 and you put it all in the 210, man, if you guys could start back up, we're going to be able to help the poor more and more. And here's what I noticed. In the day and age in which we live, there's more and more people that need help. And so when we see people that need help as a church, we're able to help them. And then one other area I would just encourage you uh, to consider giving and being more generous in is mission and missionaries. Uh, because here at Believers, we support some incredible missionaries. And we support them all over the world. And I know all these guys, so I only support people I know. I know their fruit. I know their work. You may have missionaries you're supporting, so keep doing it. You may want to support your own. That's fine. But if you're not sure who to support, you could give monthly here and just say, I want to give five bucks a month to missions. And you just write missions. And guess what we'll do? We just give that and split it out to all of our missionaries. And that's just some ways you can be generous. God may deal with you with some other ways you can be generous. All I'm doing is trying to help us. And what I'm doing is challenging us to go up to the next level of generosity. So there's some of you here... Um, you know, maybe you don't give consistently ever. You come to church, you never give consistently. Maybe you throw it in sometimes, you don't throw it in others. I want to encourage you to begin to become consistent. All you have to do is pick a percentage. You, you pick it and let God deal with your heart, but you make sure you give that every month. And I'm guaranteeing you, I promise you, you'll see God's favor and God's blessing comes on, on your life. Some of you, you're giving maybe already consistently, but God's going to deal with you maybe to take your generosity up. I want to encourage you to go higher. And for all of us, I just want to challenge us in this area of generosity, just like God was challenging people in the Bible. And just watch what we do. As we grow in our generosity, God smiles, and God's able to bless all of us at a higher level. Let's pray. Close our eyes, bow our heads. Lord, I did my best to teach this incredible part of the Bible. Lord, I did my best to balance it, to not cross any emotional manipulation lines. I, Lord, I did the best that I can. Yet, Lord, I challenged because you challenge. And Lord, as we bow our heads, close our eyes, I just thank you that all of this is up to you, not me, not anybody else. I thank you, Lord, for growing us in the grace of giving. I thank you for growing us, Lord, and helping us be more generous. And I thank you, Lord, for just breaking the chains of fear in every single person's life. Now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm going to allow you to stay in an attitude of prayer. But maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm not even sure if I'm going to go to heaven, let alone understanding generosity. Maybe you're visiting. Maybe you've been here a couple times. You say, I'm not sure if I were to die if I'd go to heaven. I want you to listen up. Right now, I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not, I'm not asking that. I'm not asking you if you grew up in a Christian church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Those are all great things. You can do all those and not know who Jesus is. <laughs> I'm asking you, have you met Jesus personally? And if you did, you know it. You know it and you're excited about it. And so what I'm asking is, can you remember a day in your life when you said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven and I make a decision to follow you. If you're here and you say, I can't remember that day, but Pastor Joe, I'm ready today to make it real. Here's what God will do. God will change you from the inside out. He'll give you the gift of eternal life. He'll change you spiritually, and heaven will be your future destination. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm ready to pray. I'm ready today to make it personal with Jesus. If that's you, would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, can we help them pray? And just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. 
Jesus, I believe you're the way. I believe you're the Savior. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the grave. And this day, I accept you as my Savior and make a decision to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.